You are listening to the Business Life and Coffee Podcast, Episode 9, brought to you by Jumpstart HR LLC. This week we're celebrating National Coffee Day in America, and what better way to celebrate than by grabbing a cup and enjoying this podcast. On today's episode, you'll learn the health benefits of our favorite caffeinated brew and what it takes to bootstrap your way to success in the tech and app field. Today I'm speaking with Nick Haas, founder and CEO of Loot App. Through a series of serendipitous events, never letting his dream die, and aligning with mentors and strategic partners, he's launched a very successful app that's actually pretty cool. Grab a cup of your favorite brew, and let's get started. Of course, this week's article of the week would be about coffee, right? Published in the Harvard Gazette, Alvin Powell writes, How Coffee Loves Us Back. In the article, he states, Coffee said the Napoleon-era French diplomat Talleyrand, should be hot as hell, black as the devil, pure as an angel, sweet as love. Bach wrote a cantata in its honor. Writers rely on it, and, according to legend, a pope blessed it. Lady Astor once repeatedly remarked that if she were Winston Churchill's wife, she'd poison his coffee, to which Churchill said, if I were married to you, I'd drink it. Coffee is everywhere through history and across the world, and increasingly science is demonstrating that its popularity is a good thing. The article highlights a few health benefits of coffee found by Harvard Research. Most notably, a 2005 study exploring concerns that too much coffee was bad for blood pressure found no link between higher blood pressure and coffee and found some suggestion that it actually improved blood pressure. Also, Regular coffee drinking was linked in a 2011 Harvard study to lower risk of a deadly form of prostate cancer. Also in 2011, a study showed that drinking four or more cups a day lowered the rate of depression among women. A 2012 study tied three cups a day to 20% lower risk of basal cell carcinoma. And a 2013 study linked coffee consumption to a reduced risk of suicide. Now, if you're wondering how coffee can love you back in other ways, visit the website at news.harvard.edu and search for the topic, How Coffee Loves Us Back. Alvin, thanks for a great article, and thanks for sharing our love of coffee. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR. Let's build a better business together. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Business Life and Coffee. This is Joey Price, and I'm here with Nick from Loot App. Why don't you introduce yourself, Nick? Hey, Joey. How you doing? Um, yeah, my name is uh, Nick Hoff. I'm currently based in San Francisco. Uh, I've been working on I startup Loot for about a little over three years. Um, and we have a platform that helps brands connect and engage with their customers at scale across social media. So it's been awesome. Great. 
before we get started into the details about Loot and about your company, um, I, I was researching you on LinkedIn, and so I wanted to start first and foremost and say, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> I love Cowboys. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited for this year. I think, I think we've got, we might have, we might have the magic sauce to make it all, all come together. Doug, you think so? I mean, how do you guys do in the preseason? Oh, how many snaps did Tony Romo play? <laughs> there you go. That's the Sorry. magic answer right there. <laughs> yep. So, so Nick, um, tell us, how did you get started with loot, and what in your career path sort of led you to ultimately starting this this app? For sure. So it, it was definitely a a very uh, serendipitous journey I've had. It's, it's been a lot of a lot of things kind of coming together at, right at the right time. Um, I started at a career. I, I came out of school. I had to get a real job. I couldn't go right yeah. into working. I just knew where I had, you know, put a roof over my head kind of deal. So I, I worked really hard. I was really interested in getting into this medical device sales field. And so I started there and was the was the grunt worker for for um, for them. And I and I worked really hard. Sort of, you know, did everything I was supposed to do and, and was constantly trying to figure out how I could get, you know, I'm not sure if you're, if you're not familiar with the field and the space. There's an opportunity to make pretty good, you know, make a pretty good living. Um, and all the people that were above me in the organization were making a pretty good living. So I said, I want to make, you know, what you guys are doing, I want to know how to do that. Long story short, I ended up progressing pretty quickly, and I didn't get the, but, but the problem was I didn't end up getting commissions that I was supposed to get. So I had, and uh, you know, the things that were promised were supposed to come, and they didn't. And so I had to, uh, it was a really tough situation, and I ended up um, realizing that I could start my own, distribution company and do this myself mm-hmm. and and uh and then basically i took a leap i quit my job started a, a medical device company myself and was able to um put myself in a position that i could go after what my true passion was which was working in in tech and working on you know this marketing in, in the ad tech marketing space and uh yeah, that was something I'd, I'd, I'd try to start loot several times while i was in college unsuccessfully um, it was something that stuck with me the whole time, and you know, this medical device track that I was on was really just a uh, sort of a uh, impetus to, to try to get to, you know, means to an end to try to get to where I wanted to go. And so I, I was really fortunate that I was able to make that move and that jump relatively quickly in my career. And from there, um, it was kind of just blind, leading the blind, dumb luck that it was, you know, if I were to go back and try to make some of these decisions today. Um, I may have, you know, been a little more careful or different and, and, and ruined it that I, yeah, I, was, I was stupid enough to think I could do it. And so uh, we went out, we created, you know, we, we hired people um, that we really didn't know much about and had them bring this platform to life. And, um, you know, from there we were able to raise money. And, and today we're, we've got customers and clients and uh, we're, we're probably going to raise more money here in, in the next year, in the next few months. And, um Things are going you know, definitely in a really exciting uh, fashion for us right now. Yeah, that that does sound very exciting. The fact that you already have your customers, and um, I did see that you raised various levels of funding. Mm-hmm. Um, could you could you tell us? You know, you, you've loot has been an idea that stuck with you since college, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there were various iterations, and it looks different now than it did before. Yep. Tell us what what advice would you give to an entrepreneur that's ready to launch 
their product or their service, how how do they know that they're ready for business and they have a greater chance of success as opposed you've to – You've got to – you've got – the thing I've seen, I've, I've met, you know, being out in San Francisco especially, I've, I've started to meet a lot of entrepreneurs that are successful, um, which is something I didn't have the luxury of meeting when I started in Florida. Um, particularly yeah. in the tech space, there's there's a lot of successful you know business people um, everywhere that I was uh, everywhere that I've been. Obviously, there's always successful you know small business owners and small business uh, people who have different types of businesses. But for tech specifically, I think it's really really important to find some people in the tech community that you can get in, you get involved with. Reach out to people. Reach out to a lot of people. Expect a lot of people to not respond. Um, but then expect some people to respond and be ready to have a candid conversation about, you know, see if you can get get an opportunity to ask them some questions and make sure you have good questions to ask them. And, and, and so that was kind of what happened with me. Is I started when I started this company, um, I was mentored by a friend of mine who's recently passed, uh, Josh Greenberg, from GrooveShark. And mm. I'm not sure if you're, if you're not familiar with GrooveShark, they were. Like the, the hottest music company, an online company before Spotify, before Pandora, they were the ones that really trained, helped transition this online music revolution. And they ended up yep. getting sued, a lot of lawsuits. I was able to get in front of him and have a lot of really cool, candid conversations about building a, pra- building a product, building a brand, building a company. And without those conversations, a lot of things, you know, it's not that he actually told me you know, you should do this, you should do this. But he helped me think and look at things a little bit differently than a lot of other people have along the way in terms of being able to really dive into a, an area that I didn't have a lot of expertise in. I knew what, I knew what my end goal was for Lou. I knew what my, my mission was going to be, but I had no idea how to get the technology to convey that message and that, and that uh, purpose uh, behind the message without, you know, without that sort of guidance. So you would say that mentorship was was a key piece of your of the growth of not just yourself as an entrepreneur, but for your it, for your app as well. Absolutely, and and another thing is that you know because I got to you know know him and got to sort of see him. Another cool thing that I got to do that I try to recommend to everybody is I, I got to hang out and work out of the Groove Shark, Shark office several times. And at, at the time that I was working there or you know, hanging out there, that was back in 20, 2012, 2013, and they had. 40, 50 people in the house at all times working. So I was able to actually go into a startup environment and see what it's like in in the, in the in action, which is something that for my location where I lived, it was really unique. Um, and I'd recommend somebody, if you, if you go, to, go to New York, go to San Francisco, go to one of these places that has, you know, a young startup and try to get in the office and see what that culture looks like and that energy feels like because it's a different buzz than you see working in a corporate environment. In a corporate environment, it's much more, I got to go to work, you know. No one's excited to go to work at, at, at most corporate jobs, but you know, it's just like I got to do this because you know, I I have kids. I got to put food on the table. I got to you know do it. It's what you do. And so when you go to a startup environment, there's a lot of energy that just you, it's kinetic, and you can pick it up just by going in and seeing everybody working, and, and you can take it out with you, and that'll last you a long time, um, and really give you an idea of how fast paced you need to move. Like a lot of people that I've seen coming out of corporate culture, like, they feel like, they feel a little scared to work hard, or, or like, they feel like it's, they feel like they're being productive when they're just spinning their wheels, 
And mm-hmm. so to actually go and see what hard work sort of looks like and what that energy feels like and see that it's, like, celebrated and, and that's something that is uh, what I think is really cool. So I, I'd recommend, you know, mentorship and seeing, you know, trying to get inside a, a startup office. Just say you want to visit. Um, you know, I've been in dozens where they just had, had me sign an NDA at the door, so it's not like it's a big deal um, to, to, to be able to jump in. That's a great recommendation. It's a great recommendation. Um, tell us a little bit more specifically about Loot and who your key demographics are, where you'd like to see your app go in the next two to three years. Yeah, so um, my, my vision for Loot is that we're, we, we kind of want, we want to change the entire future and direction of marketing. And I think that's, that's a big statement that doesn't have a lot of lot of legs on it, so I'll, I'll put them there. It, what, what that means and what that looks like, think about how much money is spent on on digital marketing alone. For instance, Facebook last year, last in the first quarter of this year, got paid some $16 million from Arby's, right? And not a single Arby's, not a single Facebook executive, let alone employee, probably ate at Arby's that quarter. So all this money that Arby's is spending at Facebook is not getting spent back in their business. So obviously, that's not what they're paying for, right? They're paying for the exposure to the people who do use Arby's. But my, my problem here is that, or, or, so what I'm, what I'm positing and what Loot is all about is why not have that, why not spend that $16 million with your actual customers? Why not give that money back to the people buying your product? And then in exchange for them getting that money, they'll share it and talk, they'll talk more about it and they'll be more excited as fans and brand advocates for your company and say, wow, I just got a free you know, sandwich from Arby's, that's awesome. Or I just got a free, you know, or, you know I, got a, I got a free drink, I got a free something. And, you know, that kind of relationship is something that can, has never been possible in, in, the, you know, in, in the history until, until now. Now that everybody has mobile phones in their hands, everybody is connected socially, this sort of situation and economy has ex- exposed itself that we can actually start leveraging our own social capital. We have, we can, we're actually reachable at scale, unlike ever before. So now Arby's doesn't have to spend you know, all this money going after and trying to find and get in front of these people. And unlike coupons, which have a one-way transaction, the brands actually get mm-hmm. something out of it. So they can get content and that they can repurpose and reuse. You know, 80% of customers uh, out there want brands to use more user-generated content in their marketing. They think that it's too fake and that it's too polished and it doesn't have that sincere, you know, I could be using that product type of feel to it. And so that's sort of the shift that we're hoping to continue to push and, and move, is, move towards is getting people to say, you know, getting people and specifically brands to say, we want to be part of our, you know, we want to be closer to our fans and customers and connect to them, uh, connect with them on a, on a much, you know, more intimate level. And through Woo, that's, that's the way that brands do this without having to actually, you know, we're, we're the platform that facilitates that entire um, engagement. You know, that, that's so true um, when you talk about spending the money with your fans and with your audience because, and, and, and it being the, the perfect time for that because we're in the, the era of Instagram and Vine and Twitter where influencers are looking to find a level of significance and mm-hmm. social users are looking to become influencers even if it's just among their peers, you know, people want to have right. the funniest picture or 
the breaking news or, you know, the insider information that that others don't know about. And so we really expose ourselves sometimes and we really put ourselves out there to get that yeah. influence. And, and brands could really benefit from that if they're sort of feeding the beast, so to speak, and then and then profiting from that. That's, that's exactly. a really awesome concept. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, so what advice, what parting advice would you give to anyone looking to start a uh, tech startup um, in, in the U.S.? Um, I would say that you need to, you know, a lot, a lot of people I know, I, I meet people every day wanting to know how they can find it. See, I'm, I'm a non-technical founder. I have an idea I just need a developer. I just need an iPhone developer. I just need a, a website coder. You know, I hear that, I hear that uh, multiple times a week, um, sometimes multiple times a day, depending on if I'm, in, if I'm out and about. And the big, the big thing that you have to understand is we didn't, you know, our, our first uh, coder that we hired, our first engineer, was not um, the kind of person who was going to lead this company into, you know, greatness immediately. It was somebody who we were able to finally get a hold of. We we raised we we hired we we uh, saved enough money ourselves, me and my co-founder, to actually you know pay this guy. It wasn't with equity; it was straight up with cash. And we paid him on an hourly rate to get our job done, or on a project basis to get the job you know to get a to get a minimal viable product ready. It's called MVP, and yeah. that was such a terrible app. It, it, it crashed all the time. It was, it was just embarrassing. You know, if we still had it today, it would be embarrassing. But it helped us get to that next stage, and that's really what it's all about: is finding ways to get. You know, as long as you keep moving your feet forward, I see a lot of people who waste years. I still talk to somebody who's like, I still have this idea, man. And you need, like, when there's a will, there's a way. You need to find a way to get an MVP out there, and even if it's bad, you'll be able to. You know, and you'll be able to collectively either go raise money with that and show it to an angel investor and say, hey, we've actually done something. Because no angel investor wants to give money to somebody who hasn't built something yet. They, they're like, oh, they're not going to know how to spend the money. They're not going to know what they're doing. So you go out there and you actually spend, you know, you spend your own money getting a minimal product out. And that's where you can start to actually, um, you know, that's, it doesn't have to be great, like I said. And, and you get, that's when you can get an angel investor to give you some serious money to bring in some serious you know, engineers that can make your product even better. Um, it's even better if you have customers off of that MVP, people who actually want it, or you have a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of users. In our case, we had both. We had, we had over 50,000 users on our first um, platform and uh, several customers already on the door, so that made it really compelling for, for an investor. And uh, that's, that's sort of what I would, my parting advice would be. If you want to do something, just start doing it. I mean, you don't have to wait for. I mean, think about your podcast, right? If you just if you were trying to wait for some if some company to sign you to a big deal to start your podcast, you'd probably never get started. But you go out there and you just do it. That initiative, that hustle, is really what brings people. I think you know that which really, that's what really separates the people who are the doers from like the you know the entrepreneurs from the entrepreneurs. Yeah, I like that entrepreneurs versus entrepreneurs. Yep. This has been a great talk, and we're we're definitely going to have to have a follow up, man. I, I, we keep these things around fifteen minutes or so, but you said a lot of good things that I'd like to touch touch on in in a sure. few weeks, or circle back and see how your progress is going. So, audience, make sure you reach out to Nick. Nick, how can they find you on Twitter and social media and, and 
and Twitter you know, is the, I'm super active on Twitter. Nick at Luke. It's N I C K A T O O O T. Uh, that's that's where I'm most accessible. Or you can you can find me on LinkedIn too. So. Okay, great, great. Nick, it's been a blast, man. I really enjoyed talking with you today, and I Thank wish you. you continued success as you scale and grow and and get more funding. Um, I'm going to download the app today and check it out and and start filling out those uh, those assignments for the for the brand. So awesome! Thanks, Joey. All right. Yeah, man. Have a great day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. This has been another episode of Business, Life, and Coffee, the only podcast that simulates the experience of having coffee with a mentor, industry expert, or fellow colleague. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read your comment on an upcoming show. You can find show notes, episodes, and resources for your career or business at businesslifeandcoffee.com. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about, but don't have time to grab coffee with an expert, email us at info at businesslifeandcoffee.com and tune in for that topic on a future episode. Also, you can reach me at Twitter at JVP said. This is Joey Price signing out, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>